Hello and welcome to Elvet Talks, the first podcast about destination weddings in Greece. My name is Sanya, the founder of Elvet Magazine, and I will be your host today. Join me in this new episode where we talk with Leah Weinberg about the hard truth of setting a wedding budget. Leah is the owner and creative director of New York City-based wedding planning company Color Pop Events and author of the newly published book The Wedding Roller Coaster. Celebrating seven years of business, Leah continues to leverage the organization's skills, calm communication style and the ability to multitask, which she initially developed as the commercial real estate lawyer in her previous career. Her colorful work and party planning tips have been published online and in print with Vogue, The New York Times, People, CNBC, Bravo, Martha Stewart and The Knot among others. Recently, Leah has been recognized as a 20 on the rise winner by Honeybook and the Rising Tide Society, one of the 25 young event pros to watch by the special events magazine and one of BizBash's top 500 event pros in the US. As a wedding pro educator with the knot and wedding wire since the 2020, Leah travels through the country sharing insight with her peers regionally as well as at national conferences such as Alt Summit, NACE Experience and the special event. In this episode, you can meet Leah and find out her career path and why she decided to write the Wedding Roller Coaster book. We dive deep into all important things on your wedding budget and where to even start. Stick to the end and find out Leah's advice for all the couples planning their wedding. And now, let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Submit My Wedding. Submit My Wedding is the first resource for engaged couples and newlyweds that walks them through the real wedding submission process. Submit My Wedding is the creation of wedding publicists OFD Consulting who have submitted hundreds of real weddings to blogs and publications in the last decade. As a bonus, customers who purchase the Real Wedding Submission Bundle will be invited to ongoing office hours with the OFD publicity team. Hello, Leah, and welcome to Elwood Talks. I'm so happy to be chatting with you today and so excited to finally talk about wedding budget. It's one topic that everybody you know, is avoiding. <laughs> Nobody really wants to talk about. But let's see, let's hear some of the hard truths about setting a wedding budget. Before we go deeper into our uh, topic, can you tell us a little bit about your story, uh, about your background, and what led you to your current career path? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. I'm incredibly excited to be here and to chat with you. So hi, everybody. My name is Leah Weinberg. I'm the owner and creative director of ColourPop Events, which is a wedding planning company based in New York City. I have been in business for about seven and a half years at this point. And prior to starting ColourPop Events, I was a commercial real estate attorney. So oh. I made the big leap between careers, um, started my business after planning, you know, started to get my business off the ground after planning my own wedding. 
and officially um, had my first wedding as ColourPop events in October 2013. So it's been an amazing career change. I'm very happy to have done it. And um, yeah, just uh, excited to talk more about budgets today. It's it's one of my, I don't want to say favorite topics because not everybody loves talking <laughs> about money, but I know how important it is. So I like providing information and insight on the topic. Wow, what an amazing story. And also coming from, you know, corporate and lawyer background, that's like such a big jump. Uh, like, how did you adjust from, you know, from more corporate and to more uh, creative side, let's say? Yeah, the skills are the skills are surprisingly very similar between the two types of careers, but it was definitely a big adjustment. I mean, one of the reasons why I went into business for myself was because as what I was working as an attorney, it was very obvious that I was destined to be my own boss and to have my own company. Uh because I was always sort of watching how things were managed and how things were run and sort of, you know, judging and critiquing and <laughs> always, yeah. you know, never chi necessarily chiming in with my opinions on things, but just definitely observing and just watching and paying attention to how a business is run. Um, and always thought, you know, I could do this. I would, I would do this very differently if this was my company. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, as you're a wedding planner and obviously a lawyer, um, I think you're the perfect person to talk about budgets and <laughs> setting the goals and the budgets about uh, when planning a wedding. So what is one of the most important things to think about when starting the wedding budget and where do you even start? Yeah, the most important thing to think about when planning a budget is to make sure that you are working with realistic numbers. Mm. So depending on where you're located and depending on how much money you're interested in spending, your budget is going to vary tremendously. It's going to look very different. And so there's kind of, unfortunately, there's no real way to get information just from the internet that's going to be accurate to yeah. give you a heads up on how much you can expect to spend on something. Because even within um, locations like a New York City, um, mm -hmm. other like larger metropolitan cities, you can get married here for $15,000. You can get married here mm -hmm. for $50,000. You can mm -hmm. spend a hundred, 150,000, half a million dollars, you know? So if you were to look at, you know, what an average person in New York City pays for a wedding, that's not gonna be accurate because you have numbers on just the range of the spectrum. So what's mm -hmm. important at the beginning is to do your research on what things cost in your area. So find venues that you're interested in, reach out to them, see how much they cost, vendors that maybe you found on Instagram or other or social media or that friends have used, mm -hmm. or maybe even finding vendors from preferred vendor lists. Once you kind of mm -hmm. get a sense for what you like and how you're envisioning the wedding, you should reach out to those folks and just get a sense of how much they cost. So that way you can make sure that you're putting together a, a realistic and accurate budget that's going to work with who you kind of have in your mind as mm -hmm. what the vision is for your wedding. Yeah, uh, that is very well put. And also, I don't know if you have this, uh, the same saying in the USA, but we say sometimes here, uh, you get what you pay for. So oh, yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. So that's one of the thing also to pay attention to, like, what are you willing to pay for? And, you know, what do you get for the price? 
So yes. diff- different professionals will cost different amounts of money. Not everybody is, you know, has the same prices. Not that all the photographers are priced the same. Not all flowers cost the same. So yeah, that's definitely one thing also to pay attention. And as you said, um, the venue cost is very important because again, depending, you know, where you want to get married, like here in Greece, if you go, for instance, to ever so popular Santorini, mm-hmm. um, obviously some venues will be more expensive than on some islands which are less known, you know. Right. Then, yeah, and then you also get, you know, different service, different quality, different luxuries. So um, oh, that's a very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. And sort of related to that, that saying is the idea of if something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so where can the couples, like how can the couples uh, start? Where do they start? How do they do this? Do they like sit together, talk about it, put down the numbers, put down what is more important to them? Or how do you recommend them to start? Yeah, I mean, first, they should kind of figure out how much money is available to them to spend. So mm-hmm. whether it's money that they're going to be contributing, whether there are, you know, family or friends that are going to be contributing, it's helpful to sort of get an idea of, you know, what amount of money are we working with? Because then mm-hmm as you start to reach out to people to find out how much things cost, you're going to be able to say, Oh, that venue is way too expensive for us. We, you know, even if we had flex a little flexibility or could stretch our budget, we're never going to be able to afford that venue and everything that comes along with it. So having Mm -hmm. just a sense of how much you have to spend is going to be helpful. Um, I know a lot of couples start out and they just say, well, I just, we have no idea what a wedding costs. Um, So it's a little bit of a chicken and an egg problem, but Mm -hmm. I think just sort of, figuring out the money that's available to you is incredibly helpful. And then yes, as you mentioned, priorities, priorities is really important Mm -hmm. as well. So amongst the different vendor categories that you're hiring, catering, photography, florist, videographer, um, any kind of additional, additional extras, a photo Mm -hmm. booth, or maybe like a live, a live painter at the wedding. It's Mm -hmm. important to talk for the couple to talk amongst themselves to figure out what is more important and then allocate the dollars accordingly. So if you are foodies and food is incredibly important to your wedding experience and maybe you don't have as much interest in having a lot of florals or maybe your venue is just very lush and well-decorated to begin with, then maybe you're gonna allocate more money to food than you would to your floral budget. Or let's say, Photography is really important, but you're not too, you know, music is music. You're not too concerned about that. So maybe you splurge on a photographer and go with a DJ versus any kind of band or live musicians in order to save money Mm -hmm. there. So it's very much a balancing act and it's Mm -hmm. and sort of a sliding scale. So as you increase how much you want to spend in one category, you know, money will have to come out from somewhere else. So couples should keep that in mind, too. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, when talking about destination weddings, like you need to budget those trips. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> the plane tickets, the hotels, the all the extras. Or if you're having a wedding week, like, for instance, if you're doing island hopping or something, you know, there's ferries to be, mm-hmm. you know, ferries or or airplane tickets between the islands. 
So yeah, those are all the expenses need to be budgeted, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think couples sometimes forget in those situations where it's a destination or, you know, even if they're kind of getting married a couple of hours from wherever it is that they live mm -hmm. there, it is still a destination wedding and you have those travel mm -hmm. costs, not only for the wedding itself, but for all the preparation. I mean, I lived in New York when I got married, my husband and I got married back home in Atlanta and mm -hmm. we were flying, we flew back every month for different appointments yeah. and, and did not expect or really anticipate that. So people should definitely yeah. keep in mind that there is travel costs involved because you can't just, you know, book a place and then never see it again until you're, well, I guess theoretically you could wait until your wedding day to see it again. But if you are a planner like me, you're going to want to make some interim trips to, mm -hmm. to go see it and meet your vendors and just and check everything out again. So definitely make sure you are including the costs for those interim trips as well. Mm -hmm. And also, as you said, you know, like for a planner or, or a photographer, if you have like an um, out-of-state or out-of-town planner, you need to also budget for their yes. trips, for their expenses. So that's another <laughs> another thing to think about. Yeah, there's like all the you need to be on top of everything. Yes. Like, yeah. Every little single thing <laughs> that is important to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what are the uncomfortable talks you have to have when deciding whether to accept outside contributions? Yeah. So when talking to family or friends that may want to contribute money to the wedding, it's definitely, I mean, money is not a fun topic for a lot of people to discuss anyway. And so when you are faced, you know, I shouldn't say faced because that sounds negative, but when you do have the opportunity, you have people who love you and care for you and want to give you money and help you and support you with this wedding. When you have mm -hmm. that kind of opportunity, you have to find out two things and both of which are going to be uncomfortable questions. So the first thing is you have to ask them how much they're, willing to give or how much they want to give you. Because again, mm -hmm. you can't really do much until you have firm numbers. So I've run into the situation a, a handful of times with clients who are like, my parents are paying for the wedding. Um, they don't have a budget. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, they ultimately do have a budget. I was said something mm -hmm. to a friend and she joked and she said, oh, so then you just go back to them and say, so we're spending a million dollars on the wedding. And they say, <laughs> absolutely not. And then it's like, well, then yes, of course, there is a budget to the wedding. So you have to figure out how much they are willing to give you. It might be a situation where they um, just, they have the resources, but they just don't know how much you need. So in that case, presenting mm -hmm. that person, the information you've gathered as to how much things are going to cost uh, is going to be helpful so that they can give you a number. And a lot of times, mm -hmm. sometimes it may not be them paying for the entire thing. It might be paying for a piece of it. And in that case, I think it's great to sometimes assign that dollar amount to a particular thing so that that person feels um, involved and included and kind of has a little bit of um, ownership, so to speak, of that particular thing. And then the second uncomfortable talk comes with finding out 
essentially what strings come attached to that money that they are oh, yeah. giving you. And if somebody is paying for the entire wedding, let's say it's parents paying for the entire wedding, you should be clear with your parents and find out from them what they expect in return for that money. So do they want to mm -hmm. be heavily involved in the wedding planning process and sign off on all financial decisions that get made? Or are they cool mm -hmm. just writing you checks and letting you take the lead and, you know, do what you and your partner want to do for the wedding? Or yeah. let's say, you know, as I mentioned, it's somebody giving you a dollar amount for a specific thing. So like, let's say you have an uncle that loves music and so he wants to pay for your band. Then you have to ask mm -hmm. him, like, do you want to have input on the bait? Does that mean that you want to have input on the band or are you just happy to give us this money to buy, to to hire any band that we want. And so it is, it's not a whole lot of fun to have to say to somebody, you know, <laughs> what are you expecting in return for this money? But if somebody wants a lot of involvement or has high expectations, then you and your partner need to know that because if you're not okay with it, then you may find yourself in a position where you do end up turning that money down because you're just not comfortable mm -hmm. with what comes along with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you need to remember that it's your wedding. So, it, yes, uh, parents do pay for lots of things or, as you say, uncles or whoever wants to contribute. But ultimately, you need to also do what you like. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, either accept the money or not if if it comes with some strings attached, let's say. Um, but even if you do, like if parents pay, like I know from my side when I got married that my mom had these certain expectations for me and I felt like I need to, you know, do those things that she wanted, not because she paid for the whole wedding or anything, but just in general. Yeah. So, I, but at the end, I thought to myself, no, like this is what I want to do. Like this is my day, yes. <laughs> so to say. So I don't really want to, you know, do everything what they say so that's one thing to also think about like what is more important is it important for you to um to do what your parents say or is it more important for you to do what you want yeah, yeah. and there's different um there's some there's a lot of different contexts that that can come up in because sometimes mm -hmm. it's something that you feel really strongly about and so you just it's a hard no. And then in other situations, maybe it's something that you don't really care about. And so you mm -hmm. think to yourself, oh, this would make my mom really happy if I gave if I gave her this or allowed her to do this for the wedding. Yeah. And since I don't have strong opinions, like, let's just let her let, yeah. let her do it. Exactly. Well put. <laughs> and sometimes when talking about money, I remember um, hearing a lot about that uh, couples don't like to share their final budgets with their planners. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, interesting. Um, I could see, I I haven't had that experience um, because I, I am a big proponent of open and honest communication and I make sure that my yeah. couples are ready to lay it out on the table for me. But I could see that. I mean, there's, for many different reasons, there's a lot of fear when it comes to spending large amounts of money. I think that's something mm -hmm. that's just natural for a lot of people. And so not, not being open about everything that you have to spend, because number one, maybe you're fearful of spending it. So you don't want the, the planner to know how much there is 
available, mm-hmm. but then off also the feeling of, okay, if I tell my planner that I have all of this to spend, they are going to make sure that we spend all of it and not, yeah. you know, not cut back in areas, or maybe they're going to show me things that are more expensive when we could have gotten something that was that of the same quality for a lesser amount. So I think that that type of behavior comes a lot from fear, like the fear of just mm-hmm. overspending, the fear of being ripped off, the fear of not getting what you paid for. Yeah, um, yeah just and nobody spending lots of money is really uncomfortable. Uh, and so, and for a lot of people, this is the first time they've spent this amount of money. So it just brings up a lot of feelings mm-hmm. for people. Yeah, it's so important, as you said, to just be honest, you know, from the get go, that goes both ways, like for professionals and for the couples, like just, you know, lay it yeah. down, what are your expectations? And, you know, how do you handle in your case, like as a planner, how do you handle the budget? and so on so I think that's very important for when the couple go into a relationship with a vendor such as a planner that has more control over their wedding it's really important to know what they can expect from them yeah and I've had a lot of couples say to me we have x number of dollars to spend but we'd actually like to try to spend less and that's a totally totally valid thing to say as well yeah, that's a very good advice. Like we have a budget of this amount, but we would like to keep it under exactly. that amount. Yep. Yeah, that's very good. So who usually pays for what? I mean, I remember once we had this Asian destination wedding here in, in Greece and the couple had the VIPs. And at that time, I found it very odd that a wedding would have <laughs> VIP section. <laughs> but, yeah, but later they told me that they wanted to show more appreciation to the family members who contributed towards their wedding. So they wanted to make it like a, yeah. <laughs> so many cultures. Yes, have so many that's the first time I've heard of something like that. <laughs> Yeah, me too. It was actually uh, quite a good <laughs> idea. I mean, I would like to have a VIP section at my wedding too. <laughs> so how does it go traditionally and versus reality? Yeah, I mean, if you read any of the sort of older or more traditional wedding planning books, they always say things like the bride's family pays for the majority of the wedding. I think it's the groom's family pays for the alcohol and the music, which are just two very random things. I don't know how they settled on that. And then also the groom's family pays for the rehearsal dinner. And obviously today, you know, what happens if there's not a bride and a groom? There might be two brides. There might be two grooms. There might be people that are non-binary getting married. And so people that don't fall into these traditional gender roles. And then also Even on top of that, like if it is a bride and a groom, maybe the groom's family has more money to contribute. So they pay for the whole wedding and the Mm -hmm. bride's family, you know, pays what contributes towards what they can. So practically speaking, I think those rules have kind of gone out the window. I think they're pretty Mm. archaic, you know, um, offensive slightly because, you know, it assumes that there's a bride and a groom that's getting married. And so, yeah, I mean, people just need to, and again, this goes back to those uncomfortable money talks, you know, figuring out if family is going to help pay, figure out what each side can contribute, make sure they are comfortable with that. I think another thing to do early in the process is to just find out how everybody feels about money, you know, are both the couple and the people contributing, you know, is, are they 
do they like to save and are they very frugal and is does money spending money stress them out or do they spend more freely one of the things that i've said recently is that people when spending you have to make sure your budget is a comfortable amount and it's not an amount that mm -hmm. gives you any kind of like fear or stress or anxiety because otherwise every time you spend that money you're going to cringe and it's going to stress you out and you're just going to be a little stress ball about it or your family is going to be a stress ball about it. So making sure that the budget is comfortable and getting a sense for how everybody feels about money in general is also going to make this process mm -hmm. a little bit smoother. Yeah, that's well put. Um, sometimes when couples have a destination wedding, they either offer to pay for some of the you know, trips or hotel or something for their guests. And most of the times, you know, guests have to pay their own expenses for the hotel and the, and the trip, for instance. How do you suggest them to, to go about it? How should they tell to their guests, hey, we're having a destination wedding, but, you know, you have to cover your own right. expenses? Yeah, there's ways to kind of communicate that. I mean... You can, you can say it directly, so that's obviously one way mm -hmm. to do it. You can sort of say mm -hmm. it indirectly by letting them know what is included as part of the wedding and like what the wedding activities are. And so then sort of by mm -hmm. the art of exclusion, you realize, okay, I'm paying for everything else. So like, let's say the couple says you know, we have our wedding on Saturday in Greece, we're having a welcome party, a welcome dinner for everybody on Friday night, and then Sunday morning, there will be a brunch. And so when you tell people that's what the wedding activities are, it becomes pretty obvious that anything outside of that is going to be the guest responsibility to pay for. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very, very good idea <laughs> how to go about. Yeah, because, you know, it's difficult to talk about money in general, but then to tell your guest, oh, hey, now you have to spend yes. for <laughs> this extra amount of money for our vacation. Yes. <laughs> it's well, even funny. Harder. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's always been so funny to me. People that are like, we want to plan a destination wedding because we don't want anybody to come. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we know that people... Most people won't be able to afford it or take time that much time off from work. So we'll have less people. And I'm just like, you, you know, you can get married, you know, where you live and just not invite everybody. It is an option for you to do that. You don't have to travel to another country in order to reduce your guest list. So that's just something funny that I see people do. And I think it's a very common at least amongst Americans, that's a very common mindset of, oh, we'll have a destination wedding so less people show up. That is true, actually, for many cases. But also now I believe, because obviously we are in a lockdown yes. and we are not allowed to travel, <laughs> but I think we are all having a little bit of a travel yeah. loss. So as soon as we'll be able, it will be, oh, yes, destination wedding. Right, yes, now people are going to, for the first <laughs> yeah. couple of years after all this, people will be surprised that they'll have all like 150 guests show up at their destination wedding. <laughs> Great. So tell us a little bit more what you're currently yeah, working so on. So I have a really exciting project. I have a book. 
um, that is coming out. It is out mm-hmm. on April 6th. It's called The Wedding Roller Coaster. It is about keeping your relationships intact while planning a wedding. And it's written for engaged mm-hmm. couples to help them navigate the often untalked about emotional side of wedding planning. And it goes into, it's really focused on relationships. And so relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. as the person getting married. So there's exercises for like inner work and kind of journaling exercises to do to sort of understand your ideas and thoughts on marriage and what the wedding means and how you want it to look and feel. And then it also obviously focuses on the relationship of the two partners and questions and conversations they need to be having up front. It goes into relationships with family. I mean, I get I've it's a a slightly academic book in a sense, because it does talk about actual Mm -hmm like psychological and behavioral principles. So there's this whole model of how a family functions. And so you can kind of look at that and see how your family operates in order to anticipate things that could come up during the wedding planning process or to understand why things have come up during the wedding planning process. And then there's also the focus on the relationship with the wedding party and then also your guests. So the overarching idea of the book is that I want to help couples get through the wedding planning process manage their stress, but also maintain relation, maintain healthy relationships with the people around them while still having the Mm -hmm. wedding that they want. Yeah, that's such an amazing topic. Like it's so important when you're getting into a marriage, you know, that you know what you're getting into and that you're sure about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And people might have, there might be some, you know, baggage from past relationships that people need to to talk about, or at least, you know, maybe potentially work with a therapist on or counselor just to, to work through because things from the past can hold us back from, you know, really being in the present and, you know, being able to just fully and, feel joy from the wedding and from the marriage and everything. So it's important to get all of that sort of resolved or worked through as part of this process. And as you said before, like honesty goes a long way. Just get into, get into all the relationships with honesty. So for the last question, do you have any special advice for all the couples that want to get married? Oh, well, I think you've just said it. It's the honesty. It's honesty and communication. Um, <laughs> I think that you're, the, you know, wedding planning is stressful. I always tell my clients, like, I'm never going to promise mm-hmm. you a stress-free experience because nobody can give you that. You know, I try to reduce the stress mm-hmm. as much as possible. So understanding and knowing that conflict is going to arise, you're going to be stressed out, there might be Mm -hmm. some surprising behavior from people around you. And in those situations, the best Mm -hmm. way, the first line of defense, the best way to just try to start addressing it is with open and honest communication. Because People aren't mind readers. Mm -hmm. We don't know, you know, you might know somebody really well, but you still don't always know what they are thinking or feeling. And so you have to make sure that in order to get resolution with yourself or get resolution of the conflict that you are actually explaining to people what is happening and what you're experiencing and what you're feeling. And part of that has to be honest, because if you're not being honest and not holding back, then you're not going to reach the type of resolution that you really need to. Yeah, that's a very good advice. 
And as you said, like wedding planning is stressful and it's like one of the tests sure. you know, <laughs> before you get into. <laughs> so if you can manage Absolutely. that, you can manage the rest. <laughs> Great. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you and to find your book, yes, where absolutely. So um, my website is colourpopevents.com. I am at colourpopevents on social media. So Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. And then my book is available for purchase on Amazon. It's available as an ebook, as a Kindle download, and then also in paperback. And again, it's called The Wedding Roller Coaster. Amazing. It was lovely chatting with you today. And I think we covered a lot of ground on the budgeting and yes. all the hard <laughs> talks. So hopefully it will uh, alleviate some stress from some brides or grooms-to-be. And thank you so much for doing this today. Yes, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Elwed Talks. I hope you found this show helpful and inspirational. You can subscribe and listen to Elwed Talks on some of your favorite platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor and many more. Head over to elwed.com podcast to find out more. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to leave a review or a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your chosen platform. If you are planning your wedding in Greece, make sure to download our Elwed magazine filled with resources and inspirational advice at elwed.com magazine. Or follow us on our socials for instant inspiration at elwedmag. On the other hand, if you just want to share your thoughts about this episode, ask a question or want to be on our next show, you can leave us a voice message on Anchor or head over to elwe.com slash podcast to get in touch. This podcast was brought to you by Elwe.